broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline. You're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us this week on the beautiful, beautiful uh, New Year's Eve uh December 31st, 2022. Um, today we have the great guest, Dan Miller, local PG, uh, I guess, figurehead personality, but, uh, you know, Mo- greater Monterey Peninsula. We'll be talking about a lot of stuff with Dan and, of course, Mark Carbonaro, the greatest producer in the business, will be chiming in. Uh, but first, let me remind you that I'm Paul Wine, owner of Express Employment Professionals in Monterey County. At Express, we can help your business find great employees, or if you're looking for a job, give us a call, please, 831-920-1857, or Google us at Express Employment Monterey, and we'll be the first on the results. Also, go to whatstheplanmonterey.com, and you can listen to all the shows. Uh, going back to the very first one, we're like at 150 or something, I think. And uh, and also, you can go to iTunes and Spotify. You can subscribe to us there. Give us a five-star rating, uh, thumbs up, and all that stuff. And and of course, if you go to What's the Plan monterey.com you can uh, give us feedback on our show i've gotten feedback that i interrupt too much and uh, mark said yes you do paul you interrupt too much so i'm trying to get better about that so please give us feedback on the show uh anyway let's get to dan dan uh happy new year yeah same to you paul (laughs) so uh, mark happy new year to you too over there oh well right back at both of you thank you (laughs) well dan what, what are your new so now you're no longer the managing editor of the pg press which was your kind of like main day job uh, what, what's your new, what, what do you got for new year's resolutions? Do you do new year's resolutions? And if so, what, what is, uh, if you're going to, if, if like to December 31st, 2023, Dan came back and said what you did for the last year, what would, uh, what would 2023 Dan say to 2022 Dan? Hopefully that I was, uh, productive and, uh, not procrastinating. You know, I got a, a screen screenplay I was supposed to have done uh, when COVID hit. So they made the mistake of saying, hey, don't press on it. Everything's come to a standstill. When you get around to it, you get around to it. So now I'm about to get around to it three years later. So uh, so hopefully um, I can look back at the end of this next year and say uh, I actually was productive and got some stuff done that um, I, I enjoy doing. Well, I enjoyed doing the paper, but it was kind of more work, whereas writing creatively uh, to me is uh, entertaining for me. I don't I don't know if it's necessarily your cup of tea, but as I rec- as I think anyway, uh, Murder, She Wrote was uh, based in Maine, but actually shot in Mendocino. And mm. the differences between Mendocino and Pacific Grove aren't too great. So if you want to. Uh, Pen a, uh, a serial like sitcom. Actually, it wasn't really a sitcom. It was just a weekly show involving, uh, you know, a precocious older woman solving crimes. Uh, you probably could do a lot worse, but I don't know. Yeah. No, I, you know, I got a few ideas and I got a few things that I wrote before that I never really tried to market that uh, hopefully uh, I can get something going with it. I hope so too. Yeah. It'd be good. And you're going to keep abreast of uh, local politics so we can always oh, yeah. on that, right? How about you? Yeah, because that's my world. That's, you know, a lot of my friends are involved in it. You know, I know a lot of 
you know, past council people and mayors and, and, um, you know, I've lived here my whole life. I really care what happens to Pacific Grove. And so I, I try to keep abreast of things and I'm not quite, quite burnt out on it yet. But you and, know what that's funny about Pacific Grove is like, there's a lot of differing opinions about what Pacific Grove could do, but, uh, almost everybody to a person, not almost everybody to a person loves the hell out of the town. And, uh, it's just, that's why I think they're so passionate and there's so much objection or or you know whatever to everything that goes on you can't even widen a sidewalk here or cut down a tree <laughs> well the funny thing is is the people, people that themselves in front of the bulldozer and mark how about you oh yeah go ahead the, the funny thing is people that move here because it's so wonderful and great and so endearing and and they move here and then immediately want to change it and I'm not saying change is a bad thing I'm just saying it I find it amusing that people want to change stuff that sometimes the proposals just change the whole dynamics of the town. And uh, luckily some stuff has been stopped. Some stuff hasn't. And, but a lot of stuff that's been done actually ends up uh, in the end being good and acceptable. And, and um, you know, the, the chicken littles, as you like to call me last time, the chicken littles were wrong, but very often the chicken littles are right. So <laughs> that's true. Well, I'm, I may be a chicken little, but one big change I'd like to make is to help the Pacific or lovers point in finish their paint job. Cause the, the one quarter of the paint job looks freaking awesome, man. If they could just get the rest of that hotel painted. Be so Mark, is it still um, pink? No, no, it's white. Now they, oh. they painted like, the first like quarter of it, the part that's facing like the beach house. And and you know, what's funny about like the grill, that sign is so iconic. So you look at the grill and the beach house and now that lover's point, at least the quarter of it that's been painted, it is just a really beautiful section. And that's, that's inspired <laughs> me when I looked at it and you can see all those three buildings, like the grill with its historic, like little hot dog stand on the beach sign. And then the, the then the, the beach house and, the, and then the half painted Pacific Grove, or I'm sorry, lover's point in, it really, really inspired me to uh, encourage those people to finish the paint job because it, it's pretty nice there. But anyway, Mark, I I'm, uh, I just want to know what what do you got planned for the new year, and what are your New Year's resolutions? Not maybe not to climb up any thousand foot towers to replace them. Uh, <laughs> to not get electrocuted, uh, that's yeah. a, that's a resolution. And uh, but I usually don't make resolutions because I find I can never keep them. So I just stopped making them years ago because it was just an exercise in futility. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Uh, well, now let's talk about it. what would be interesting to talk about, like, is both of you, what are your predictions for the year? Do you think that the uh, Hotel Durrell, which is now the Pacific Grove Hotel, I think, or Pacific Grove, whatever, uh, will that get built right near the Holman? What is going to happen with the Tin Cannery? Uh, how will Tyler Williamson's first year go? go? Will he have rent control? Like, if you're going to make predictions, we're going to play this back next year, too, and hold you to it. So, Dan, what... What are your big predictions for okay. uh, Pacific Grove, Carmel, and Monterey in the next coming year? Well, you know, the, there's predictions and there's wishful thinking. Um, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a very thin line. Uh, but for me, the, the uh, we got a new city manager. Uh, and I think that could happen uh, one way or another because uh, he – keeps making mistakes that I think are so egregious. And now that he's lost uh, some support on the council or the, the, you know, the council's changed, I think they might have him on a shorter leash. Um, 
the uh, the lawsuit that the police uh, and then, uh, Michael Gonzalez filed against the city is actually going to be heard, I think, finally in like October or something. And um, so that could make a big difference, too, because if he prevails or and who knows, it might even come to a, a, a settlement before October. But I think there's a very good chance the police chief and the city manager both would be gone uh, since they were the ones that basically got us into that lawsuit. Um, of course, that, you know, Michael Gonzalez had something to do with it, but it's, I, I don't think that's going to be well. I think that's going to be a, a big story by the end of the year. Um, do you, do you Darrell, think Tina Rao will resign? No. Oh, Tina, Tina Rao's uh, term, uh, uh, term is up. Uh, there re, there's reappointments and appointments coming up in January. So it's going to be interesting to see if she gets reappointed. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the DEI, uh, the diversity, equity and inclusion task force uh, continues on because uh, there's questions as to amongst a, a lot of people in town as to what the problem is that they're trying to address. Uh, because they came up with what they perceive to be problems that most people uh, don't see. And they're actually creating, in my opinion, creating more divisiveness and more problems in town um, than uh, we would have without their existence. So, um, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Hotel Durrell, uh, hotel that's supposed to be built between the library and the uh, Holman's now it's called, like you say, I think it's Pacific Grove Hotel or something like that. Uh, they keep delaying the groundbreaking. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if that's built, especially I, I almost think it's kind of like if the ATC breaks ground first somehow uh, gets past the Coastal Commission, I could see Durrell not being built and vice versa, you know, because you can only have so many hotels in Pacific Grove and have it make financial sense. Um, so that's going to be a big thing. But and then also um, probably the last one that I think is going to be really big for Pacific Grove is uh, the development Behind the movie theater, there's been some talk about the guy that built the condos across from the movie theater wanting to build something there. But reality, to be fair, it has to be open to proposals. So hopefully the council will open it. Uh, the idea of, hey, what should, could go back there and be developed back there? There's, of course, problems with water and everything, too. But uh, that'll be interesting. And then uh, Monterey, since they've had such a flip on their council and Tyler Williamson now is uh, the mayor, um, it's going to be, uh, they've become a very uh, left of center council, which never has really existed in Monterey. And uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what kind of proposals they come up with and how long uh, the council people that are there, two of whom walked in with absolutely uh, no competition because of uh, the new district elections there uh, as to um, who rises to the top and what concepts rise to the top. Because right now it looks like Ed Smith is out on an island all by himself uh, compared to the other four. Do you think they will um, do rent control? You know, that's a real tough one. I mean, you know, people have clamored for it, but, you know, the people that clamor for it are the people that benefit from it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't personally, I don't see it as being a good thing. I like the market to 
to find its place kind of thing. Uh, but, um, and, you know, something that could almost be passed in Pacific Grove uh, because of the makeup of the population, I don't see it being passed in Monterey. And if the council tries to pass it on their own, which I'm not sure that they can, but I'm sure there would be a referendum to, for the people to vote on it. And I just I don't see it happening. We're not you know, we're not Berkeley. We're not, you know, Venice Beach. You know, it's it'd be uh, it'd be real tough. Well, Mark, what, what are your what are some predictions from you? I was thinking, do you think someone like Jimmy Panetta or someone at the state level could get us money for this uh, desal plant? Are the people from Marina going to come with their pitchforks? Are the lawyers at at Landwatch going to come for their pitchforks when it comes to the desal plant? Or what are your predictions? Maybe well, my, you can go with Salinas, <laughs> Marina, and you know, all the others. Uh, I, my prediction as far as the desal goes is that there are many more lawsuits coming to uh, to tie this thing up in perpetuity, or so it would seem. I think it's going to be extremely difficult. And I believe that the lawsuits will probably continue... As, uh, it, well, you know, you also have the situation with the eminent domain, uh, the condemnation of Calam's operations and uh, the attempt to take a private water company away from Calam and turn it into a, a public utility. I think that if, if they're able to uh, win and take Calam by uh, eminent domain, then I believe that the lawsuits over the over the water plant would stop because basically the real goal of getting hold of Cal M is to stop the desal plant. I think that's that's really the Trojan horse. That's that's what's really inside the Trojan horse of a public takeover of Cal M is to make sure that there's never a desal plant and never really a long term larger water supply on the Monterey Peninsula because it's all about controlling growth. Okay, and and those folks figured out decades ago that by controlling water, you can control growth. And they they basically I mean, the fact that you might want to add another bathroom to your home or another bedroom or there's infill lots, uh, you know, in various places like Seaside and Monterey and so forth. Um, that really doesn't matter. That's, you know, growth and growth is bad as far as those folks are concerned. I, I will tell you uh, something that was very, very telling, uh, the, the public face and the private face. And I was having lunch at a restaurant in Salinas a number of years ago, and uh, someone who's involved in, in, um, in uh, uh, Land Watch, they were one of the big muckety mucks in there. They were having uh, lunch at a table next to mine, and we got to talking, you know, cross tables. And um, I asked about r- improved rail service because they, they were talking a lot about rail service between Salinas and Silicon Valley. And the guy uh, kind of let the cat out of the bag. He said to me, we don't like commuter rail service because we find it to be growth inducing. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, well, they, the, the, the know, public. The, Steve McShane always talks about the rail uh, station at in Salinas, and that was kind of the plan. Yeah. They've got, they, they wanted to build like 400 units next to the railroad right. station, and yeah. So it would probably be gross and growth inducing. Yeah, yeah. So they, so the public faces, oh, we should have, you know, rail service and everything like that. But privately, I think that organization and organizations like it would fight uh, rail service because the last thing they 
in, in their worldview, the last thing they want to do is to make it easier for people to get from Silicon Valley to here because what they talk about not wanting to see, and I think you would find that there'd be a lot of public support for this, is uh, I don't know that people who live here in Monterey County want to see the totality of Highway 101 between Salinas and San Jose be nothing but subdivisions. You know, that there isn't any farmland or any, you know, green belts between it. You know, they, they don't want to encourage that kind of density and development because of what it means for um, Monterey County. So, yeah, that, but anyway, that's kind of getting a little bit off the uh, off the beaten track. But uh, as far but you, as... But you don't think, you think we'll kind of be in the same spot uh, next year at the well, end of if, 2023? If, well, if Cal-Am prevails and they're able to keep their, their water operations here, then I see that there's a chance for the desal plant to be built if they're taken over as a public utility then i think desal is done and the only thing you're ever going to have is is more toilet to tap you know more of uh yeah, you know yeah. monterey pure oh, one or whatever the heck they call it uh, well, my, far, yeah. oh yeah go ahead. i was just gonna go ahead. say um i don't really have any predictions for marina or seaside i do uh, as a resident of monterey i would hate to see them bring rent control in here i think dan is is correct that uh, that might be a bridge too far for this council to go even though they probably could pass it for one with only ed smith uh, voting against it but i think you would then see there's a very powerful property <coughs> rights lobby in Monterey of, of uh, rental property owners, of people who are longtime residents who've been here for decades. And uh, you can bet that that group, uh, the Commercial Property Owners Association in Monterey, those people, and the, um, and the uh, Realty Association, the rest of them, they would uh, have, a, um, have a referendum ready to go to repeal rent control if, uh, if the city council passed something like that. I, yeah, I agree. I, I think my prediction is Salinas will uh, continue to grow and become more awesome because Main Street's doing great uh, in Salinas. I want to, and then my second prediction is that there will be more policemen and police women in San City than there are residents. That's <laughs> I don't know. They're building that huge, huge uh, development out there now that. Oh, the the oh, that's true. So then the maybe, there'll, maybe there'll be one policeman for every resident, but it'll yeah. be close. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one time they had uh, more tax dollars per resident than like any city in California along those lines because of Costco and everything else and so few residents. But they also, because somebody was... Uh, uh, shot and, and killed and, you know, they were doing something nefarious in the parking lot because they had so f few people, their per capita murder rate was like the highest. It was ridiculous. <laughs> right, because they like had 320 residents. Oh, it's insane. You know, and the funny thing was that their former mayor, uh, Pendergrass, he was had so much power because he'd always volunteer as the mayor's rep on the water board and this and that and the other thing. And for never getting more than like 120 votes or something and absurd, he had this as much power as the mayor from. That, that just makes him Monterey. smart, Dan. That's how you get. Oh, yeah. He was. Yeah. But uh, you wrote. Uh, when you back when you worked for the PG Press, you wrote a great story about uh, a, a murder in Pacific Grove. Can you tell us some of the details of that murder? And do you think it's going to be solved this year? Well, uh, Richard Coleman was a young man who uh, 
was well, the family was very well known in Pacific Grove because there were like nine kids. And the mom was a single mom. She uh, was a real estate agent, owned uh, Shalou and Campbell Real Estate up on the hill in uh, Forest Hill. And in fact, the, the sign is still out in front of the building. And Richard um, lived at, and the place was torn down recently in a, some apartments uh, put up on, uh, uh, let's see, Laurel and Grand Avenue, the corner mm-hmm. there. Yep. And um, one morning was found um, uh, dead. Uh, obviously, it had been murdered. Uh, rumors were that it might have been involved. There was a very underground music scene at the time. And um, the uh, and everybody was doing ecstasy. And uh, the rumor was that he was selling ecstasy and got in over his head kind of thing and was killed. And at the time, there was a lot of, as it turns out, as I was doing the story, a lot of erroneous information put out by uh, the police department, put in, put in writing. I mean, I, I got all the old articles when I was writing my article and was being told by the family and the police department, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. So I literally wrote a whole article that is on my computer and nowhere else because after I got, you know, flew stuff past them, the whole story changed. So uh, the belief is, and this has been said before, but I think is probably coming close to happening now with all the different technology that's out there, you know, genealogy, everything else that they're, they're, you know, breaking these cases open now after decades on a lot of them, uh, that it could happen. It could happen. We well, hope how it was happened. He then? Was he stabbed or was he shot? Um, uh, <laughs> again, I, there's only so much I can say. I know more than I wrote, uh, but it was. Um, but the, but it was he was killed. It, it in was asphyxiation. He was he was strangled. Oh, he was str- so they could definitely get. Uh, DNA from the perpetrator from him. If they did the proper thing at the time, and even back then, a lot of stuff was, as they say, bagged and tagged. That if uh, yeah, I can't imagine since it's one of two unsolved murders in the history of Pacific Grove that they would ever have gotten rid of that. And now with technology, they can find a speck, they can split a hair, they can, you know, the stuff that they can do now is just phenomenal. Uh, there is a detective. Uh, Max and his last name uh, escapes me now, but if anybody knows anything, call the PG Police Department. But they have a detective that's working on it and pretty much full time. Uh, rumor is that other outside agencies may be uh, brought in to help. Uh, supposedly, some of them have volunteered to help and have been um, contacted. To help. So, uh, but the problem is so many people want to use these new technologies. There's only a few places that do this genealogy, genealogical matchup stuff. And they're, uh, you can just imagine what their, you know, backup is because every place in the country is, um, you know, sending them stuff to try and get them to match stuff up. But hopefully, and hopefully this year, uh, or this next year, uh, it, it will come to uh, be solved. Back when I had the PG Press a dozen years or so ago, there was an unsolved murder of uh, Chris Ollinger, young, I think he was 18 years old, that was yes. killed at 
down at uh, the shoreline. And I wrote a story on that. And I'm not saying I was responsible, but interesting enough, uh, just a few weeks after many years of not being solved, just a few weeks after I wrote a story about it, uh, they solved it and the people were uh, convicted. Yeah, so, wasn't it a couple of gangbangers out of Salinas? Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he was just out taking pictures at night for a, uh, I believe he was in high school. I think he was a senior in high school yeah. uh, or a first year at MPC, one of the two. And he was taking pictures for a project for school. And they just decided to take his cameras. And the the theory is he said something and, and uh, they killed him. Yeah. And uh, one brother uh, was smoking, left a cigarette butt. And you want to talk DNA, they got his and they've been arrested since then. And uh, they're now spending a lot of years. Uh, in cells and uh, uh, and it's a good place for them to be. Yeah, I knew his parents. Uh, his mom worked for Mr. Z at right. the American Tin Cannery and yep. then I used to see his dad who was a course marshal during the AT&T Pro-Am every oh, year. Okay. A horrible, horrible thing for the family. Oh. Uh, isn't there still another unsolved mi- uh, murder in Pacific Grove? Uh, a, a woman, it was, what was it, in the 80s? Sometime in the oh, no, no, that, that was solved. Uh, they've all been solved except uh, Richard Coleman and then a gentleman who I don't know his name that uh, was found on the rocks uh, off the shore, literally on the rocks. Um, and he'd been killed. And, the, and everything I've heard is, you know, they're not close to that one and they don't know that they'll they'll ever. How would you know if you're found on the rocks? How would they know if you were killed or you didn't commit suicide? I, accidentally fall? I think because of probably a hole in his head or something, you know, oh, there, okay, I think yeah. there was something that was blatant that uh, it was kind of obvious kind of thing. That, yeah. Speaking of unsolved mystery, uh, mysterious deaths, there was a man who was found in the in the middle of the street, I think on Erdley, uh, just about right. a month uh, or so ago. Oh yeah, that's right. On yeah. Lane, on yeah, Lane just off Erdley on Lane. Yeah, he um, he uh, that that was a little weary, late at night, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, that was found that uh, I think they basically figured out that he fell, kind of thing. Okay, yeah, so and he had a, a it was a head injury. About it, yeah, yeah it was a, it was a head injury, and uh, yeah. and he worked at a he worked at one of the local. Uh, restaurants or hotels yeah i think he had been walking up from cannery row or something and lived up there with some other people in a house is my understanding and uh um, his name is anthony well something. let's let's I, let's go from uh the the kind of like the serious that that was a little macabre and now let's go to something a little more lighthearted and 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 dear to dan's heart uh, if you were to say, will you in a year be still hearing the wonderful sound of pickleball from your deck? <laughs> That's the first thing uh, off of, uh, I think you're on Gibson there with the pickleball. Yeah. And will we have a skate park in Washington Park or will the local NIMBYs win out? Dan, put it to you. The skate okay. park and the pickleball. So, so what I always love is the whole NIMBY thing. Yeah, it's easy to say if it's not in your neighborhood. <laughs> if it's you know? not in your backyard. Yeah, you don't you, have to you, listen you, to You come here, you benefit from it, you go back to your house, and your house is nice and quiet. So skateboard park will not be built in Washington Park. I can pretty much guarantee you that. Uh, whether it's built somewhere else in town, it, it's going to depend on what you know, the council decides and it's going to have to be, they're going to have to raise the money to do it. I can't see the city 
giving any more money than the 158000 that they've uh, allocated for it. There's too much else that needs to be done in this town. So I, if they raise the money, I could see it happening. Uh, I'm not sure where, though, because it's going to affect everywhere. And the funny thing is some people go, well, you got pickleball across the street from you. How about they put the skateboard park over there? You're already messed up. It's <laughs> probably not a good idea. But and as far as pickleball, if those people that play it would be courteous enough, and this goes for everywhere they got it because they got problems now in Seaside, they got problems everywhere they put it, there's a problem. So, uh, so you can get balls and paddles that are made to play pickleball that are quiet. They're no, they make pickleball no louder than tennis. Hey, if I may, choose to do it. If I may, are now not the managing editor of the PD Press. So you've got some time on your hands. You're a man who likes to exercise. Why don't you take up pickleball and then you can coerce these people into using the the quiet pickleballs and. And we you both get the, the double benefit of uh, of quiet pickleball <laughs> and some exercise. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. They, they know, and we've tried. So we've <laughs> even given them quiet paddles and quiet balls. So. Mark You'll is see. playing, playing us off the stage. Mark, I had another question for you, too. I'm taking it back. All right. I'm Paul Wyatt, owner of Express Employment Professionals in Monterey County, 831-920-1857. If you need people for your business, or you can find us on the web, just Google Express Employment Monterey, and we'll be the first result in that search. I'd like to thank Mr. Mark Carbonero, greatest producer in the business, even when he's playing me off the stage with the beautiful tones of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and I'd also like to thank Dave Marzetti, host of the Saturday Morning Shagbag Radio Show at 9 a.m. right here on 1460 a.m. and 101.9 FM. And of course, Daniel, Daniel Miller, come back anytime. You're a breath of fresh air. Even if you're a curmudgeon, we love the hell out of you. <laughs> and thank you so much. Anytime, Paul. <laughs> it keeps-